Welcome to another Symantec Executive Spotlight podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Spencer, Senior Director of Customer Relationship and Publishing Programs, as well as Editor-in-Chief of CO Digest, Symantec's quarterly publication containing strategies and analysis for senior and C-level IT professionals worldwide. The following is a conversation I had with Alex Yao, the Head of Information Services and Programs Office at StarHub. StarHub, which was founded in 2000, has more than 2,700 employees and in 2007 generated more than $2 billion in revenue. It is the second largest info communications company in Singapore, delivering information, communications, and entertainment services over fixed, cable, TV, mobile, and internet platforms. Alex has an extremely interesting career, having held executive positions in a number of different functional areas, ranging from sales to marketing to civil engineering to IT. Alex helped found and form the CIO profession in Singapore and serves or has served on a number of different boards and councils, ranging from the Singapore Manufacturing Federation to the Industry Advisory Committee of the School of Computing at National University of Singapore to the Singapore Chapter of Project Management Institute to the IT Governance Institute Advisory Board, among others. So prior to your current position at StarHub, you have a very, very interesting career progression. Tell us a little bit about how you got into IT and uh, the different positions you've held over the past uh, past few years. Well, uh, Patrick, I actually started work uh, after my graduation as a structural engineer, civil structural engineer, at the Government uh, Housing and Development Board. And uh, I worked in several positions in the, as a civil engineer, uh, ranging from design, from supervision of construction, uh, to construction research, and also implementation of uh, computer-aided design uh, in the Housing and Development Board. And uh, in 1989, uh, I was moved from the civil engineering uh, position to to the IT department in uh, the HDB. And uh, one year later, I I actually took on the CIO job. Uh, Hmm. So uh, it was like an overnight transition from a civil engineer to to an IT person. And then uh, after uh, 13 years uh, as a CIO of the Housing and Development Board, I left the public sector and uh, went into the private sector and joined uh, StarHub first as a head of strategic relations and uh, regulatory. Then I moved on uh, to head the corporate sales uh, division before they asked me uh, to go back to my old profession (laughs) to be CIO of uh, StarHub. So the the transition from civil engineering to information technology, and in particular the the very fast rise to the very top of IT, that had to have some very interesting challenges. How, how did you get your arms around your, your new responsibilities and, and the, the challenges that uh, are representative of IT versus uh, the challenges that you were faced in civil engineering? Actually, I don't see very much of a difference. Uh, I think uh, when because I was trained as an engineer. So uh, I say that uh, engineers are very process-oriented. Uh, 
we are very disciplined uh, in, in our methodology. Well, everything we do have to be uh, adhering to some methodology, otherwise <laughs> our, our buildings will not uh, stand. And uh, of course, uh, I applied the same discipline towards uh, the management of the IT department and a little bit of common sense. Uh, although I, I actually know very little about uh, the hardcore disciplines of IT, I was able to uh, manage uh, the implementation and the facilitation of the implementation of IT and the facilitation of the uh, business through IT. So, in a way, it was not a very big challenge for me, per se. Uh, I kind of enjoyed uh, myself very much uh, by applying engineering discipline into uh, IT. So, I, I guess, uh, in looking back, if you ask me, uh, would I have done things differently? I would say no, I think I have done uh, uh, all that I needed to do in order to revamp the IT department and bring it to uh, a very uh, international standard. Civil engineering has a very rigorous project management methodology typically. Uh, have you found that particularly useful as you've moved into IT, which probably just as an overall discipline doesn't have that type of rigor? Yeah, actually, interesting that you should mention it because I do have a, a, a second degree, a major in uh, uh, construction project management uh, in uh, from the University of Birmingham, UK. And that uh, project management expertise and knowledge has actually helped me a lot because uh, if we look at IT, many things that we do in IT are all uh, clustered into projects. If you do your projects well, uh, the IT gets implemented well. So, in a way, the training in project management has helped me tremendously. That is why, uh, when uh, in later years, when uh, I, after I became CIO of the HDB, I implemented uh, a certification program in Singapore for IT project managers, and I was the president of the Singapore Computer Society. Because I believe that if you want uh, IT to be uh, recognized as a profession, you start from the very top. And the very top of the food chain in IT are project directors and project managers. Interesting. And have you, so you've, you've you initiated the, the certification program as you've led different IT teams. How have you had a cascade effect in terms of the breadth of knowledge you have in the area of project management as you've tried to implement best practices and inculcate you know, knowledge transfer across your organization, what, what types of things have you done to ensure that those, those uh, issues take place? Well, the first, first of all, uh, if you want to have a consistent project management uh, practice, then you should uh, adopt some world-class uh, project management methodology in a way, I have uh, adopted the uh, project management body of knowledge from the PMI, uh, and uh, I found it uh, to be a very rigorous uh, uh, methodology uh, because it, it covers uh, things like uh, communication management, uh, 
schedule management, uh, 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 various uh, pro aspects of project management. And um, I applied it uh, to the whole organization, uh, get them trained, get the people trained in the methodology, and then uh, monitor the implementation of projects uh, as they adhere to this methodology. And uh, I found that uh, as more and more people became more conversant with the methodology, and uh, we find that uh, it was easy to ensure projects uh, now within uh, budget and within time. Mm -hmm. And also the various communication with the various stakeholders uh, was easily facilitated uh, through uh, people who have been uh, trained in uh, the body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then as you've initiated the, you've leveraged the, the uh, best practices and standards from uh, the Project Management Institute. Yeah. How have you integrated ITIL standards at the same time? The ITIL came on uh, much later. In fact, uh, ITIL and also the COVID's. Uh, right. And um, after you have implemented uh, project management at the lower levels, you have to now to move up the chain to governance governance issues, that's where the ETU and the COVIDs and uh, all this are coming to play because uh, you can have all the projects all done very beautifully but somehow at the corporate level, at the organizational level we still need to uh, govern IT so that uh, the organization will reap maximum benefit from uh, the heavy IT investment that everybody has put in. You know? So I found that uh, first you, you at the at the working level you implement the project management methodology, and then you move up to a higher level. You get all the executives in the company uh, also uh, adhering to a, a governance methodology for IT. In that way, we are very sure about uh, what uh, investment we have put into IT and what potential benefits we are going to get. And if we're not getting that, then uh, what else can we do uh, in terms of governance? Uh, how we, uh, who is the stakeholders? Who is responsible for approval of expenditure? Uh, who is uh, responsible for implementations of uh, certain projects? So I think all these three uh, things that you mentioned, the PMI methodology, the ETIL, and the COVID, they're all uh, very useful instruments uh, as an overall, overall comprehensive uh, governance of IT. Mm -hmm. hmm. Interesting. Now, we'll talk about StarHub here in a moment. You have uh, an interesting career uh, here at StarHub where you led the sales organization at one time, which I would think gives you a, a very unique view that most CIOs uh, or heads of IT don't typically possess. Can you talk a little bit about how your experience leading the sales organization has helped you connect more of the dots between the technology play and the actual business? First of all, uh, let us understand what the CIO role is about. In fact, uh, a lot of people call themselves CIOs, but actually they are not. Because if you are the CIO, 
you will be at the forefront uh, of the of the business. That means you, you eat and sleep together. You breathe the same air as the business executives. In order to understand uh, how IT can be deployed to improve the business. So when I was doing my job as CIO back in the days of HDB, I had to be very conversant with uh, the business. So the same way uh, over here uh, in Starhub, uh, in order to be a successful a CIO, you have to understand exactly every aspect of uh, Starhub's business. That's the only way uh, that you can uh, advise and also to help facilitate uh, the implementation of uh, relevant IT to the organization in order that the organization will become stronger, uh, more competitive. So as I, I see it, uh, any successful CIO uh, maybe should have a stint at the front, uh, front line, uh, like what I did. Uh, I, I actually held the sales job for three years uh, and, uh, and proved that the IT person can be equally good at uh, frontline jobs. You know? And that uh, business knowledge now helps me a lot to understand what are the priorities uh, as far as IT's implementation is concerned and not to be frivolous in our IT investment. Uh, what is uh, most important is the out there, the business is competitive. We need uh, our products and services to be out in the market uh, before our competitors do. And this time to market is so important so IT should not be a stumbling block, should always be uh, ready to help, to facilitate uh, the business uh, as they move to the front line, to, to, to the battle front. You know? yeah. hmm. Are there any initiatives that you worked on when you were leading the sales organization where you're able to leverage IT that uh, gave you a unique advantage and, and an initiative that probably most... Uh, head of sales would not have known to do, uh, but because of your, your IT background, you're able to, to leverage that expertise. Yeah. Because of my knowledge of uh, how what capability IT has, so we were able to implement uh, a sales force management system, uh, and then the customer relationship data marts, because our main customer relationship management system is still being built, that is the enterprise-wide one. Uh, therefore, uh, we had to rely on a, a mini version for, of our data map. Uh, so, by the ability to process and analyze information uh, uh, using the IT, I think it has helped tremendously in the recognition of the areas where we can compete and where we cannot compete and uh, how we can uh, rally uh, the customers and also where we can deploy our sales staff. So all these, uh, well, I say is because of my ability to understand the power of IT. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So tell us a little bit about StarHub as an organization. How, how long has StarHub been around? Uh, how has it uh, evolved over the years? Uh, what does its business look like today? 
Well, StarHub is uh, is a third mobile operator and the second fixed line operator in uh, Singapore. Uh, it, it started out that way, anyway, and uh, later on we took on uh, in. Uh, Back in 2002, we merged together with the Singapore Cable Vision to become a, a, a multimedia company now, not only just a, a telco. We are providing uh, information, communication and entertainment uh, to our customers, to the population of Singapore. So it is a relatively young company. We started only about year 2000, so we are about eight years old. Uh, not a very big company. Our business is uh, mainly focused uh, to the uh, to the population of Singapore. Uh, so we have about currently about 2,700 employees. Mm-hmm. And StarHub uh, has uh, since its inception been a uh, very creative and very dynamic company and because of his uh, ability to reach out to his customers we were able to very quickly from uh, to become from from zero to become the second largest mobile operator uh, although we were the third in, in, in the uh, to come on uh, into the market we became the second largest and uh, we provide also uh, very good services. To, we pride ourselves in providing excellent customer service, and that's where we make a difference. With, with the integration of the multimedia components back in 2002, I would think that that presented some unique IT challenges, or at least some re- IT requirements that uh, the company hadn't faced before. What 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 are some of the things that occurred with the uh, integration of uh, that acquisition? Well, like all uh, merger acquisition, is you have uh, two companies trying to become uh, one family, and so they come together. They come with their own uh, information systems and uh, various IT uh, setups. So the challenge is, of course, to integrate. Firstly, the systems, the infrastructure, and of course. After that is the mindset of the people, the culture, uh, because the two organization carry comes. Uh, the people in the two organization have uh, different methodology, different way of uh, doing things, different culture, and so trying to get them to be one united uh, body. That was uh, a bit of a challenge that we face, but I guess that uh, things have been moving very smoothly along and. Uh, Currently, we are trying to implement uh, a comprehensive uh, customer relationship management uh, system that unites uh, the customer database that has been kept by both organizations. So there were a lot of these uh, things. We have to integrate our billing systems, our human resource management systems, our uh, enterprise resource planning systems, and. All this posed a very uh, great challenge to the IT department. And we'll say that uh, we have come quite a long way from early days of trying to manage all this uh, integration to really going full swing in the 
in the implementation of this uh, integration. What would be a couple lessons learned as you've worked on this this very large integration project that uh, you might convey to your peers who are perhaps undergoing uh, M and A activity in their their own companies? I think uh, changing system is not really a big problem, but change management that means uh, managing people, the people who have to adopt new uh, way of working. Because you, you see, uh, when you have two organizations, you have uh, two set of politics. Unfortunately, when, when there are people, there are politics. <laughs> <laughs> so, trying to uh, get one one party to adopt the practice of another party, yeah, that is uh, pose quite a lot of challenge. So, I think we have to manage the expectations of the people. Uh, try to lessen the pain of conversion wherever possible and uh, promote ownership of the new system. That means uh, get people to accept and work on the new new uh, system uh, as if uh, everyone ha has a part in it. Uh, so nobody actually loses in the end, everybody gains something. Uh, you may give out a little bit, but you gain a lot. So. The challenge in all this is never about the technologies. Technology is quite simple. It's <laughs> the people managing the technologies. <laughs> <laughs> and what if, if you had to prioritize IT initiatives, which ones would you recommend uh, that your peers tackle first following uh, an acquisition? Or does it depend on the uh, situation? Yeah, it depends on the market that you are, uh, you are competing in, so uh, which, whichever is a priority. For us, uh, since we are a consumer-oriented uh, company, so uh, getting a very good uh, customer relationship database going on is uh, very important, it's very, very mission critical. Then, of course, then uh, you need a very robust infrastructure that is uh, able to support this uh, system. So first, first we get uh, the CRM maybe in place uh, with a supported by a very robust infrastructure. Then you get to get the various pieces in place. Um, and of course, being a, a consumer organization, we need to interface a lot to the customer. Uh, therefore, security is also very important. That means we, since we deal a lot with our customer through our web, so our web has to be uh, secure, to be robust, uh, or subject to attacks. And also, uh, since we are a very much a customer service oriented company, therefore, uh, having customer service uh, oriented application and a knowledge database for our customer service officer to deal with uh, uh, the customers because when customer call up need to have a repository of knowledge for people to uh, refer to uh, that is also very important now because we are also customer service oriented therefore all the touch points uh, customer touch points whether it is virtual or physical, 
they all have to be robust because uh, we don't want customers to form long queues because our systems are not available because of some attacks somewhere. So therefore, uh, very important to make sure that our infrastructure is secure and uh, we also need to collect lots of information from customers uh, so that we can serve them well and all this information must be uh, kept securely and archived properly. You know? So that is all the challenges that we face. <laughs> well, that's maybe a, a good segue. The the relationship with Symantec goes back uh, a number of years with, with Starhub. Uh, and on the data center infrastructure side of the house, uh, helping you ensure high availability of business-critical systems that uh, they're there when customers are needing, needing to access the information or needing to access a particular application to ensuring that their data is backed up and available uh, in case of system failure. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the history of the relationship with Symantec on the, the data center side of the house? Well, I, as you know, I just took on this job as the head of ISO, in fact, uh, six months ago. So a lot of uh, things that have been implemented in the past were done by my predecessors. But uh, we would say that our relationship with Symantec has been a very uh, successful one uh, and also a very comprehensive one. You know? I think um, we have almost uh, everything that uh, <laughs> Symantec has to offer to corporate customers, almost, <laughs> I will say, not say everything. For example, uh, we started off with, uh, with uh, Veritas at the time, you know, because mm -hmm. before Veritas became Symantec, so storage foundation, cluster server, net backup, uh, then we also have a system recovery and uh, managed security services as well as our uh, antivirus suite. And now we are working on uh, enterprise vaulting. So I think uh, <laughs> uh, this is really a very symbiotic relationship. You know? So. We will do well if Symantec will do, uh, continue to, to be a market leader. You know? So it is in our interest to make sure that uh, Symantec continues to thrive and, uh, and provide us the best services. And the, on the backup side of the house, your data volume, I assume, has just grown exponentially. Yeah. Uh, you've, you're experiencing 100% growth probably or close to it annually. And have you been able to maintain... Uh, your full-time headcount managing your backup environment avoid uh, increasing headcount in that area while you've uh, experienced that growth? To put it very frankly, uh, I don't think we, we have the luxury of improving headcounts. Like all good organizations, we try to do more with less. <laughs> so while we cannot improve on our headcount or increase our headcount, we have to rely on technologies uh, that's available as a multiplier effect. On, on the data center side, you have you have storage foundation deployed, which I think was one of the first first technologies from from Veritas that you rolled out in your environment. Uh, you have centralized volume management as well as file system management. How has that benefited your your organization and? and some of the functionality that's available in Storage Foundation, how have you uh, leveraged it to uh, to your benefit? 
Well, I would say that uh, the Storage Foundation has uh, helped StarHub to use a standard set of tools to manage the explosive data growth, optimize our hardware investment, and uh, provide data protection. We also uh, are able to maintain high availability through uh, this Veritas cluster server. Uh, so our mission-critical applications such as uh, CRM and billing Facilitated, facilitated by the cluster server to provide automated failover capabilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is the net backup that we have allows StarHub to deliver high performance data protection that scales to protect the entire uh, StarHub IS environment that comprises heterogeneous uh, servers. Mm -hmm. So on the, the, the with in conjunction with your net backup deployment, you're now working on an enterprise vault deployment. What, what are some of the reasons for deploying enterprise vault? Uh, there's some compliance issues. I would assume uh, your exchange store has just grown exponentially, and you're looking at ways to reduce that down through single instance archiving and data compression and so forth. Yeah, it is not just the, uh, the amount of uh, storage that we have. Of course, we've, we cannot keep on just having more and more uh, backup servers and all that. Uh, I think that costs us uh, money uh, to maintain all this and as well as uh, the footprints of all these uh, servers uh, that take up a variable floor space. So uh, we are looking in, uh, into how to use cheaper storage uh, for email archival. So, when we uh, look into this uh, Symantec uh, voting technology, we discover that uh, this technology will help us uh, automatically move all emails to a mail archive. So, reducing the need for users to continuously delete or move emails into their local PC is something mm -hmm. which uh, actually keeps people busy and I think they should... Uh, use the time to do more productive work. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So users, with this voting, users will be still be able to access their archive emails, albeit with a slightly longer access time, which is still better than having to sit in front and trying to <laughs> see whatever they don't need to back up. You know, sometimes in the course of a day, we receive many, many emails, you know, especially when dealing with customers, and really we don't have the time to sort out uh, what should be back moved to the backup and what should not be. I think we take away all these uh, tedious tasks from our users and uh, move all this into cheaper storage. So in a, in a sense that everybody can still access whatever they need. So I think Enterprise Vault uh, is a solution that meets our needs. Uh, and uh, we are still in the implementation phase of the project. And I suppose that uh, the next time we meet, we should be able to tell you how successful it is. <laughs> <laughs> so one of our uh, partners you've you've uh, turned to on a number of occasions for different deployments, Frontline, uh, they're working on the Enterprise Vault deployment for you. Can you describe the the relationship that you have with Frontline and the, how the Symantec partnership has uh, been to your benefit over the years? Yeah, uh, we have been working with Frontline uh, for a number of years, and uh, Frontline is also currently uh, our 
vendor in charge of our maintenance of our, our servers and our PCs. And, and so uh, we are very glad to work with Frontline on this uh, email archiving project. And uh, ever since they have been uh, now, uh, ever since they come under the BT umbrella, I find that Frontline is now even a stronger organization. Hmm. So we are confident that they will be able to deliver what they promised. Uh, on the security side of the house, you're leveraging several of our technologies as well as our managed security services offering. Can you talk about the, the drivers in that space and, and the benefits that you're realizing from uh, leveraging those Symantec uh, technologies? Well, as you know, our systems are available 24 by 7. Our web presence is also 24 by 7. And uh, some of our shops open late uh, into the night. So uh, well beyond the operating hours of uh, IIS. Of course, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the support personnel. So therefore, uh, we found that uh, by outsourcing the management of security service, to Symantec has actually uh, provided us, uh, well, should I say that uh, peace of mind, you know? <laughs> so that uh, we don't have to worry too much. We have professionals really managing our uh, system availability uh, and also to prevent vulnerabilities. So we found this uh, to be a very useful service that uh, Symantec has provided for us. Uh, so things like early warning of security incidents, malicious activities, uh, warning, so enable us to deploy mitigation controls to minimize the impact of security risk to our business. So there's the, the, the security peace of mind that, that you're achieving. You're also able to, I would think, avoid some staffing additions by outsourcing this particular task. Was that... Did that come into play uh, as you were making the decision? Yes, very much. Because uh, in order to, it will be very expensive for us to maintain uh, operation center to do this, which is now done by the Symantec uh, Security Operation Centers. I think uh, let the professional do the work. This is not a really uh, sort of a critical piece of intellectual property that we, we need to own <laughs> that we do not need to share with others hmm. but I find that this piece of work definitely uh, we will leave it to the experts to do and that will cut down the need for us to deploy expensive manpower So as you uh, look to the future and uh, I'm, I'm sure you're already there with the initiatives on the roadmap what are a couple of the key projects you're going to be working on as an organization over the next few years that uh, you might be able to share with us? Well, I think uh, it's no secret that we are now working on, uh, as I said, uh, a CRM system that uh, will help us be more competitive. Uh, In-house, we are also, uh, we have successfully implemented the enterprise resource planning system, a new one, and we are upgrading our human resource management system. So, I don't think these systems are any different than any other organizations. Uh, any large organization will have all these systems. Uh, for us, uh, since we are a relatively young organization, so a lot of this actually quite new to some of our staff. Yeah. So 
it presents a lot of opportunities for us to be more competitive, more efficient, more productive. And definitely uh, in the years to come, uh, as people become more conversant with uh, what IT can do for the business, there will be more initiatives coming along. Uh, and, uh, I think the IT department will keep very busy. There are a number of topics that are kind of top of mind for CIOs today. Green IT, server and storage virtualization, um, uh, you know, software as a service, outtasking and so forth. How, how, how are those affecting you as an organization? In fact, uh, we are happy that such things exist uh, for us to, to explore, you know, because uh, it would be very dull and boring if uh, everything remains the same. You know? Uh, the challenge uh, for IT personnel uh, to, is to keep ourselves relevant to the, to the business organization. Therefore, uh, wherever possible, if technologies are relevant for us, we will explore and we will adopt appropriately. So things like uh, greening of the data center is something that is uh, very useful. I mean, we, we have our corporate social responsibility as an organization to try to reduce uh, environmental impact of operation. Therefore, uh, we will do our part in you know, greening our data center and uh, wherever possible, when uh, technology allows us to uh, reduce the total cost of ownership of IT, uh, therefore we would like to explore those, uh, for example, virtualization as you mentioned. Yeah. And uh, outtasking is also a, a, a ploy and a, a device or technology, as you call that, uh, to reduce the total cost of ownership. So, I find that uh, all these are, although very challenging for CIO, but it, but every challenge provides opportunities, opportunities to do something different, opportunities to make us more successful, to be uh, more aligned or keen to a world-class organization. Well, this has been a very enlightening conversation. StarHub is certainly a star on the Singapore landscape, uh, and I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. It's been, ple- it's been my pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to another Executive Spotlight podcast brought to you by Symantec. For other Executive Spotlight podcasts, check out go.symantec.com forward slash ESP. For more than 200 Symantec podcasts, go to www.symantec.com forward slash podcasts. And for more information on Symantec business solutions, check out www.symantec.com forward slash business. Symantec Software and Services, helping you to secure and manage your information-driven world against more risk at more points, more completely and efficiently than with any other company. Symantec, confidence in a connected world.